Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I am live from the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store inside the Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street, really just 3300 south and just west of I-15 on the east end of the valley. I'm hanging out outside but uh, the, the store is open, and it's uh, glorious on the inside. You've got to uh, stop by and see it. Right now, it's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Uh, Lundy back at the Zone Studios. Let's hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, now offering their furnace checkup for only $59. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEES, or online at leesheatac.com. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. He works for The Athletic. He's our good friend Sam Amick. Sam, how's that sweet bubble life, buddy? Guys, what's going on? We're hanging in there. It's dinner time, trying to get a little calories to get you through the end of the night but doing just fine Excellent. are you are you mixing up your uh, diet at all or is it the same thing day after day after day gordon i eat what they give me <laughs> <laughs> they uh i mean they switch up the menu and then you know i'm starting to learn the tricks of the trade there's a few different things you can do excuse me uh you know ordering outside of the, the regular menu and but everything's a process, you know, and that's just obviously part of what comes with this kind of a, an environment. But, you know, it's been fun. Sam, Sam, as you can imagine, Jazz fans around here a little bummed that their season uh, did not continue. But uh, give us your takeaways from that uh, seven-game showdown with the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel for their group. You guys know I uh, I like them a great deal on just on a personal level. <clears throat> and, I mean, I was there at the very end, and it was incredibly emotional. Um you know, and in the back hallways of that arena where, you know, I think for me the image that will stick in my mind is um, Donovan Mitchell was talking to Johnny Bryant, you know, jazz assistant that everybody knows, you know, they're incredibly tight. And, you know, he's still got his jersey on and the towels around his neck and Johnny's got his arm around him. And, and they sat there and talked, you know, like kind of with Johnny basically whispering in his ear for probably 10 minutes or so and then, you know, when they finished up, it was just, you know, just a, a big two arms, very, uh, you know, just kind of close hug. And so Donovan was, was very upset, and uh, you understand why. Um, but, you know, they, they gave it a, a hell of a fight, but it's, it's, it's never easy to lose, certainly very tough to lose when you were up through ones. Do you think, uh, Sam, that the Jazz have themselves in Donovan Mitchell, the superstar player who is – who would, who might at some date in the future be capable of leading them to a championship? Yeah, I do. The guys, he took a leap in these playoffs, and you can tell how bad he wants it. Not, you know, not only by the way that it hits him when he falls short, but the way he talks. I thought some of his comments after Game Seven about how he was drafted, you know, partly to be a defense-first talent 
were fascinating because he was, you know, talking about how he got forced into that role to be a scorer and an offensive presence for the Jazz. And, and it's like, man, okay, so now you're gonna you're gonna basically try to go out and, you know, I mean, he's I think he's better offensively than Jimmy Butler, but you're gonna try to 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 be the kind of defender that a guy like Jimmy Butler is. You know what I mean? To be on that short list of best two-way talents in the NBA. And, I mean, what he did was special, and, and not to take anything away from Jamal Murray, who was incredible too, but you know, Jamal still has those games that are just uh, complete flops, and, and, and Donovan's consistency was, was pretty remarkable. And, yeah, and that's a long answer to your question, Gordon. The answer is yes. Sam Amick with us here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, uh, the Jazz have some big decisions to uh, to make. Um, there's already reports out there they're, they're going to get a deal done or certainly offer Donovan the max, but uh, Rudy available for an extension as well. Talk about the decision that's uh, lying in front of the Jazz on uh, what to do when. Yeah, I mean, I will say, especially after all these months of talking about their uh, kind of their culture and their chemistry, a lot of the stuff that we wrote about months ago and was it going to be something that was reparable between Donovan and Rudy with everything that happened with COVID-19. Um, and I told, I told Clint Snyder this, like I just give them a lot of credit for staying together. And I do like my, my opinion, having spent some time around them now at the end of their road to this season, it's pretty, pretty believable that, you know, that, that they are okay. Now, I don't know. Does that mean, you know, Donovan and Rudy are going to hang out all the time? And I mean, I have no idea, but, that friction wasn't there. There was a, a, a brotherhood. There was a moment late in game seven. You remember when Rudy, uh, I, think he, I think he was on an oop, but, but Rudy dunks it, and Donovan's the first guy to kind of greet him after the big play and just gave him a two-handed uh, shove in the chest. And, you know, it just it seems like they got it together. So if that's the case, I don't know. I still think you have a tough time not building around those two guys because Rudy's such a unique talent and also continues to get better, you know? Um, so, you know, I don't know money wise exactly what you put on the table for him. If you want two max guys or, or really where that puts them out with the cap. But, uh, you know, I think he's a guy you need to hold on to. Sam Amick is with us from The Athletic, and Sam, I want to pick your brain about Jimmy Butler because I know you had a chance to write and, uh, about him and, and talk to him, and he right now is my favorite storyline in the NBA, what he's doing with the Heat. You know, we've got so much bad pub with Minnesota and with Philadelphia that I'm not so sure he he deserved, but he you know he returns to the bubble, and he's got this reputation of, of bouncing the ball in his hotel room and keeping the people below uh, up all night because he's that dialed in. Tell us about your convo with Jimmy Butler and and uh, your read on him as a player and a person? Yeah, I mean, I listen. He's a media guy's dream. You know, if he if he decides to talk and to really talk, and so we sat down next to the Heat practice, and and we've done this probably three times in the last two years, where I'll kind of just chase him down and see if he's maybe willing to kind of rap a little bit. And there's plenty of times when. The answer is no, because all of these guys are strategic about their voice and how much you know how much they want to be out there. But you know, he agreed to talk, and the most fun part was that in terms of like the purity of him as a basketball player, you know, the whole conversation, like I wrote, was next to a pickup game that was going on with the Heat, and he just couldn't. I mean, he you know he was talking, but he couldn't stop focusing on the game. 
and he's yelling things out to the court and he's shouting about fouls and, you know, good plays and bad plays and, and just being a hooper. And that's it. And, it, you know, he has fit in so well with Miami and their culture because he basically found what might be the only organization that's as crazy as he is. And that's why it works, you know. And, and, and I this Milwaukee series right now, you know, I, I said this today on a, a different show and, and I wrote it last night. I mean, I do think the Bucks look shook. I think they just don't have the same level of intensity and honestly just good old-fashioned will that I'm seeing out of the heat right now, and, and that's got everything to do with Jimmy. Sam, uh, apparently Chris Paul hates Scott Foster. Are there a lot of player-referee uh, relationships that are filled with bad blood? Um, I don't know of a ton, but I, I think the answer is probably yes. You know, I just don't happen to know all of them. The Scott one, you know, if you remember back when, when Chris was with the Rockets, he brought it up. Um, you know, this is he's been on this for a while. And it's funny, and this is, again, the weird part of bubble life is, you know, I, I get up today, I'm going to the place where you get breakfast, and the referees, and this happens every day, the referees are out there all playing pickleball and, and, and Scott Foster is just chilling in the hallway. And it's just so funny because he's relaxed, you know, looking like he doesn't have a care in the world. And I'm thinking that, you know, it's just a little surreal to have this be the guy that, you know, Chris was calling out last night. Um, so it, it does happen. And, you know, I don't remember the entire backstory to why Chris feels that way. Um, you know, certainly he claimed that the other night that Scott had reminded him, that he officiated a, a previous game seven where uh, Chris's uh, Pelicans or Hornets at the time had fallen short. So, I mean, if that's true, then that's kind of more fuel for the fire. But you see it every once in a while. Sam, what do you think about the Nets uh, selecting Steve Nash as their next head coach? And kind of how did that come about, if you know? I don't know the whole backstory. I mean, you know, it, it does sound like been in the works for at least a week. Um, I actually sat down today with Jared Dudley, who used to play with Steve, and we, we were talking about it. And you know, during their Phoenix Suns days, and I mean, I like the hire a lot. I mean, I Steve was one of my favorite people that I ever covered. Um, you know, and, and the connection to Kevin Durant is huge. You know, Steve. Uh, people barely even know. I don't think that Steve had a position with the Warriors for the past five years or so, and he wasn't around all the time. But he was available to players like Kevin, and they would work out, and they would work out in the offseason. They got close. And so that's important because, you know, if Kevin Durant's not happy in this situation, he's not playing well, that whole thing's not going to work. And, you know, you could sit here and break down the fact that some of these other candidates have experience. Steve doesn't have experience. Uh, I think he'll be good, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. How do you view the uh, the Rockets-Lakers series coming up? Uh, do you think the Rockets have a chance against a much bigger uh, Laker team? Um, I don't know what to think of the Rockets anymore, honestly, because from a shooting standpoint, you know, if the Lakers wind up trading twos for threes, they're going to be in trouble, you know. And even today, LeBron was asked about how stylistically – you know, unique and different was this series compared to any other playoff series he's been in. And, and he kind of poo-pooed the question and just talked about how it was five five guys hooping and really just made it out like it wasn't a big deal. But, 
they better get out to those shooters and they better, you know, I mean, AD in particular, um, you know, because there's not ever going to be a non-shooter on the floor. So, you know, that part of it and the fact that the Lakers have had moments that have not been very impressive here in Orlando, you know, I, I'm tempted to say, are right, you know, Lakers in six, Lakers in seven, because, uh, you know, I, I do think it, it could be a tough matchup. I mean, you can punish them with your size on the other end, but P.J. Tucker's a beast, and, and he's going to, you know, do as, as good a job as anybody of trying to, to slow down LeBron and AD at different times. Um, it's that second guy that's going to be a real problem. You know, they uh, the Rockets lack in size, and, and I don't know who you put on, on the other, so we'll see. How much of an uphill battle does Denver have on their hands with the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be tough. The Clippers' defense, um, you know, Jamal Murray's had such a special run for the Nuggets, but you look at it now, it's like, oh, boy, he's going to get terrorized by the Pat Beverly's of the world and the Paul George's and Kawhi Leonard even at times. Um, and from a firepower standpoint, it's just the, the Nuggets have – you know, they've got to have Jamal at a high level. I'm just not sure. I think that's a lot to ask. I mean, this is probably the best perimeter defense team in the NBA. So then it falls on, you know, Jokic to maybe kind of be your fulcrum of your offense and, and be special in, in ways that Jamal was in the first round. You know, so I could see him catching the game, maybe two, but I do think the, the Clippers are pretty heavy favorites in that one. Sam, when we talked with you last, we could barely even talk about basketball because there are more important matters at hand all around. How do you uh, how do you evaluate the way the thing has sort of been handled there? And uh, do you feel better about uh, the way the players feel about it uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, they all made their stance clear and they continue to talk about Black Lives Matter and the fact that they're not going to you know, stop fighting for it. Um, last week, when the Bucks made that choice to not play against Orlando, you know, it, it, it just obviously sparked a, a hell of a series of events where there was very little organization and a lot of emotion. And I think that was a problem for the players. And, you know, to their credit, they got it back together without the disaster that I do think would have been not playing anymore. And so now, um, you know, they're kind of recalibrated and, even today, you know, you've, it's funny. You, people don't see all the conversations that happen, but it is fascinating that every day there's a pretty memorable or, or interesting discussion from someone about some of those issues. Today, LeBron talked at length about voting and about, you know, somebody asked him, why do you think it is that, that 20% of NBA players are registered to vote, which came out recently. And he talked about how, you know, as a, as a black man, as a black boy, Growing up, he says, you don't, you just don't think your vote matters. You, you think it's pointless because that's kind of what the way you've been brought up and the way you've been taught in a lot of ways. And that ends up being contagious. And so, you know, voting has become something that he's prioritizing and trying to, to educate and encourage people to go use their voice and their vote. So, you know, I, I think they're handling it well. Um, you know, there is a looming question. I hate to go down this dark road because you just, in a, in a perfect world, this never happens again. But there is this sense also of, like, what if it happens again? You know, um, how will the players handle it? That, that's a concern among the players just in terms of, like, okay, it happened in Wisconsin last time, and then that became a deal with the Bucks. You know, how are the Bucks going to react 
if it happens in Texas, so to speak. Um, just the players are trying to communicate uh, all the way through about you know how they might handle some of these things. And yeah, you hope that doesn't happen, but they've got to be ready for it because they weren't really ready for it last time. Sam, thank you so much as always for jumping on with us. We greatly appreciate it and uh, enjoy that uh, playoff NBA basketball, man. You got it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. That's our good friend Sam Amick from The Athletic here on The Big Show on 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, I told you how I thought the, the Clipper Nugget series was going to go. What's your reading on, on that one? Yeah, I think the Clippers are too much for the Nuggets. Uh, they, that defense is going to interrupt that offensive flow. Much the way the Jazz uh, managed to do finally in Game 7 to no avail, but the Clippers are capable of, of, of handling that um, that two-man game. Yeah, I would think so too. I mean, the amount of defenders that they can throw at, uh, at Jamal Murray, of elite defenders that they can throw at Jamal Murray is, is a little bit different than his series with the with the Jazz. But maybe, you know, if Denver's got a shot, maybe it's Jokic who has the, the special series because maybe that's the one mismatch they can set up with the Clippers. But I, I'm with you. I, I would – I don't know if I feel so confidently enough about it to say sweep, but five games feels about right. Yeah, I think five or six. I, I wouldn't think a sweep. But uh, the Clippers, they're one of those teams that if they if they emerge the way they're capable of doing, watch out. And I like teams that have that defensive capability to be able to interrupt what you want to do. But meanwhile, at the other end, Kawhi Leonard, hey, he's pretty good at both ends of the floor. Well, Paul not George bad, ain't bad not, either. Not, not bad for a f- number 15 pick in the draft, huh? Nope. Uh, greatest Aztec ever? Either him or Tony Gwynn. Uh, I thought you were going to go maybe Marshall Falk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not bad either. Or how about my guy, Steven Strasburg? <laughs> Too many injuries. Let us do a World Series title, bro. How about this one? Uh, how about how about this for greatest Aztec ever? Carl Weathers. Oh, oh, follow, follow Creed. The champ, man. Yeah. He did play hmm. football there, I believe. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's quite a crew to pick from. All right, so uh, the greatest Aztec of them all is? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'll go a tie. I could be wrong on this, but I, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> You're gonna kill me a tie. Kawhi Leonard and Tony Gwynn. Those oh, are the two. Of course. It, okay, it, okay. Course. Got, if I gotta go to one, I'm gonna go with Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, who played uh, basketball, by the way, at San Diego State. Uh, Carl Weathers did. Tony Gwynn. He didn't play baseball at at uh, San Diego State. I don't know if he played baseball, but I know he played basketball. Unless I'm totally imagining these things in my mind. I don't know if I could see somebody of Tony Gwynn's body type playing basketball. Google it. I'm telling you, he played hoop for the Aztecs. Unless I am totally out of my mind, which may also be possible. But he he, uh, he was quite an athlete, that's for sure. Yeah, see, I don't think uh, of, of 
great athlete when I think of Tony Gwynn. Uh, but you're right. He did, did play did, did, both college ba- uh, baseball and basketball. He played both. He was a great baseball player. Great. Do you think he was ever the best in the league? Mm. He may have been the best hitter. Because I think Marshall Falk at one point was the best NFL player in the league. And I think at one point Kawhi Leonard is or has been the best basketball player in the league. Maybe that one's a little more debatable. Let's throw that out there. Kawhi Leonard, Tony Gwynn, or um, uh, Marshall Falk. Who do you think was the best of those three in their particular sport? I, I want to hear what our listeners have to say about that. Because that, that is a tough, tough choice. Well, and don't discount Carl Weathers, please. <laughs> okay. If you say so, don't don't eliminate uh, uh, Carl from the discussion. That's, yeah, that's but Carl selling Carl short. But Carl wasn't exactly. I mean, he wasn't the best actor of all time. <laughs> At one point in his career, maybe, maybe. <laughs> for, for one movie. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. We're live from the brand new Jazz Team Store uh, here in the Smiths Marketplace, thirty-two fifteen South Valley Street. Uh, come by and see us. We have jazz hand sanitizer pens uh, to hook you up with. But you've got to check out the brand-new location. It's beautiful. And uh, this weekend, they've got a great sale going on. They want to get you in the door to check it out. Buy one, get one, 25% off the entire store. So I've been holding off on getting a jersey or shirt, hat, socks, whatever. Now is your time, and the brand-new location uh, is your place here at Smith's Marketplace, basically 3300 South and I-215, right by the mouth of Parley's Canyon. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up. Uh, at 4.50, we'll have the Not Sports Port. Frank Dolce at 5, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Broadcasting live today from the uh, brand-new Jazz Team Store here at the Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street. We're sitting right outside, but uh, and you're welcome to stop by and see us. Grab a Jazz hand sanitizer pen, but uh, make sure and, and dip inside and check out the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store. It is glorious, and they've got a great sale going on right now. Uh, buy one, get one 25% off the entire store. So you've been waiting to get a jersey, hat, shirt, whatever. Now is the time, and this is the place. So uh, get by and uh, and hang out with us and uh, check out the news team store. We've got the Not Sports Port coming up at 4.50, uh, so make sure and stay tuned for that. And then Frank Dolce is going to join us at 5. We'll ask him uh, about the upcoming college football season and what he expects to uh, see from the teams that are playing. And BYU is one of those who's going to play against Navy uh, coming up on Monday. And uh, we found out a couple of days ago the, the finalized depth chart, Gordon, but Zach Wilson uh, is going to be your starter at quarterback. Um, how surprised were you? Not really at all. I mean, we all thought it was Zach's job to either uh, nail down or to lose, and apparently he played uh, up to snuff. And so, But BYU is fortunate because those other guys are pretty good too. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes, see if Zach can iron out some of the troubles that plagued him a year ago. That game against Navy, I think, Jake, is is really fascinating. Because, first of all, that offense that Navy runs is, is difficult, and it's unlike just about anything else. 
these guys will face. And so can they play assignment sound football? Uh, and, and then we'll see how BYU moves the ball when they have it in their hands. Uh, it's it's kind of nice to talk about some college football, isn't it? It is. I'm I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping to see from uh, Zach Wilson if if he's successful against the Naval Academy. This is what I'd like to see because BYU traditionally has been really good when they've had a, a, a quarterback who is an upperclassman who's had experience. And we can go through mm-hmm. the list, right? And, and not all upperclassmen quarterbacks at BYU have had great success, but sure, a lot of them have. And now Zach Wilson is an upperclassman. Uh, he's, uh, he's had plenty of experience. He's got a great offensive line. And I want to know if he can sit back and deal. I want to know if he can sling it, Gordon. And I know uh, Matt Bushman being out, that's, that doesn't help anything. I got mm-hmm. it. And they're going to have no. to figure that out. But I want to see if he can stand back there with time and, and go take a team apart. I want to see if he's got that uh, inner Max Hall or John Beck where, you know, I know he's mobile and I know he's athletic and he can move a little bit, but I don't want to see that. I want to see him stand behind that line and I want to see him pick apart a defense. And if he can do that, you know, BYU is going to win a bunch of ball games. They might win a bunch of ball games anyway, but, you know, by the time he's a senior, if he can stand back there and deal, maybe when this is all said and done, Gordon, he can, he can really put together a special season. Do you not want to see him move around at all? Because that's one of the things he's capable of doing that, uh, makes him a little less vulnerable to just stationary in the pocket um let me put it this way if he has to run knock yourself out but i don't want to see certainly don't want to see call run plays for him and i don't want to see him see one thing with with Taysom hill because i don't Taysom was never that sit back there and deal it type quarterback. He wasn't. He made some nice throws. I'm not saying he couldn't pass at all, but that just that wasn't him. His strength was his his dual threat ability at being able to get a first down at any moment. You know, Taysom Hill was a walking first down. If you had third and long, don't worry, Taysom could still get it for you by running. And I think a lot of times he instead of sitting back there and being patient, he was out. You know, I think Riley Nelson was really similar and it was because they weren't necessarily that baller quarterback. And I, I know comparisons to Steve Young get old and, and you, nobody could do it like him because he was just special. But what made him special, Gordon, is he could deal, man. He was first and foremost a quarterback who could sling it. And then when he learned the tricks of the trade and he could elude that pass rush and be dangerous when he had to be. I thought that made him a really good, uh, maybe the best dual threat quarterback of, uh, of all time. So I want to see that deal it aspect of it. So I guess, well, wanna... you know, I don't want to see him, you know, he doesn't have to be Dan Marino back there. But I don't, you know, don't don't run a QB draw. Let, let him sit back there and, and pass the football. One of the things that made Steve so effective, he didn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he was very accurate. He was precise with his throws. And that's one of the things that got uh, Zach in trouble last year was uh, the uh, untimely, inaccurate throw. So we'll see if he can iron that out this year. This is a big year for him to be able to show whether he's, you know, what level he's really at. Because we don't, we don't really know yet. Um, there's been a lot of hype. There's been a lot of talk. But there hasn't been all that much delivery on the field. So we'll see if. If he can get that straightened out, and last year the, the 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 party line was, well, he's he's dinged up still. He hasn't healed completely. 
well, now's his chance to show what he can do against some competition that isn't the stiffest in the world. But, you know, uh, that that if he looks good, then he'll get some attention. Well, hone, you know, hone the skills. Even if the uh, yeah. the, the opponent and all that great, go out there and figure it out. And, and when eventually you get back to playing a, you know, a bunch of P5 teams, you hope he's he's learned and can go out there and and uh, show his stuff. But I, I, there hasn't been a dynamic passer at, at BYU in too long. I'd like to see I'd like to see Zach Wilson develop into that, and I think he has that potential. And that's always been the great equalizer at BYU. You know, when they've had their greatest teams, it's because they've got a great quarterback that evens that playing field no matter who you're playing against. And that's why it's a shame that Matt Bushman is not available other than the human side of it. But, man, he was going to be a major, major force in that offense this year, and he was going to get the ball a lot. And now they have to look for other targets, other places to go. I don't see a, an absolute go-to guy on that offense now. And maybe one will emerge, but Matt Bushman was that. And so when you have a quarterback who can throw it and you've got an offensive line that can provide time for him to do so, man, wouldn't wouldn't Zach love to have Matt Bushman available to him to deliver? Much in the way the BYU's, BYU used Dennis Pitta back in the day. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they've got someone else to go to. I don't know who that's going to be. Is it going to be Gunner? Who's it going to be? I don't know. Yeah, they've got to figure out uh, who's going to be a go-to guy. I agree. Maybe it's one of those group efforts. You know, a, a good quarterback who can who can put it on the money, Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that makes up for some of that. So yeah. maybe Zach needs to, to put a little pressure. And, and you know what? A, a, a good O-line um, makes up for some of that. Because, you know, if you've got under-talented targets or under-athletic targets or whatever you want to say – you know, anybody can get open if you can sit back there for six seconds or whatever. Although, you know. although Jake, I will say that, you know, a lot of times when you look at the best BYU teams ever, they, people look at the quarterback, people look at the offensive line, and I think those are the two most important position or position groups on a football team. But the great BYU teams had targets. They may not have been the fastest guys in the world, but they could catch the ball. They could get open. They knew how to get open, and they knew how to get that ball and hold on to it when it was uh, dealt to them. So I think that's that's a pretty important part of what the Cougars are going to be trying to do this year. And like I said, against this particular schedule, they should be able to look good. You did love Cliff Doman back in the day. (laughs) And there were many others. The unsung Doman brother. Cliff. <laughs> Actually, Cliff was pretty good. He wasn't unsung. I, I was just trying to think of a random receiver from back in the day. Well, knowing the way uh, the Domans were raised and how competitive those guys were, uh, they probably could get in a pretty good argument over who was better. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up next. We've got the Not Sports Report coming up right around the corner. We're live at the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store location here at the Smith's Marketplace uh, on 3215 South Valley Street, uh, but basically uh, at the mouth of Parley's Canyon right there at 3300 South and I-215. We'll have uh, more coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the new Utah Jazz Team Store location here at Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street. 
Come by and see us. Uh, got a great sale going on right now. Buy one, get one 25% off for the entire store. So if you've been uh, waiting to buy that new piece of jazz gear, now's the time. And they've got a brand new location for you here at Smith's Marketplace. But right now it is time for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we're going across the pond. But before we go there, I've got uh, a couple of reports here in front of me. I think it's good news. Uh, I guess, is it Pfizer? Is that how you say the pharmaceutical company? Apparently, they are saying that with their advanced uh, vaccine trials, that they uh, are thinking that they will be able to come to a conclusion in October. I thought that was good news. Sure, and then absolutely. The, it, it, and obviously, other various companies are trying to come up with a vaccine. Johnson & Johnson has been... Uh, applying a vaccine to hamsters, and there this this vaccine trial is a little bit behind the others, but they say that in their studies the hamsters are not coming down with severe COVID nineteen symptoms. Well, if they're as good at making vaccines as they are tear free children's shampoos, then we're all in good <laughs> good hands. Well, I, I hope that they get this thing nailed. Obviously, we all do. But uh, I thought that was good news. And then there's this. Jake, have you ever had a critter get into your house or get into your room or get into your domicile, whatever it was? Uh, A critter? Uh Uh-huh. Any kind of animal. Uh, I don't know. Uh, my, uh, thanks to some quick work from my old man, we had a bunch of bees uh, in our basement (laughs) there for a little bit. Did you get stung? No, no, it was it was really weird, though, because, OK, so we had and I, I think they were wasps, not bees, Oof. but they had a hive in our backyard when I was a kid mm. in the ground, in right? the ground, in the ground. Never heard so of that. I, I yeah, I don't know. So my old man decided it would be a good idea to, uh, you, you know, put the hose down there and then put a bunch <laughs> of dirt on top and then turn uh, on the hose. OK. And uh, I don't know how, but. In our basement, like we have, we had kind of a walkout basement, right? Uh, on the other side of the house, the bees started coming up through a, a windowsill. Oof! And I don't know. And so the, the the wasps were were in the house. I don't know, but the 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 hose and the dirt approach was was not a good one. So the good news is you got them out of the ground. The bad news is they were in your house. Yeah, I had to sit there and swat the bees coming out of the window there for a minute. Oh, that's not good. Well, this this uh, this college student over at Nottingham University, I think it's called. He uh, he, when the COVID nineteen thing broke out in March, he left uh, his uh, his dorm room, but he left a bunch of his stuff there because he was coming back. He wasn't done yet. And so when he returned, apparently five months later, a flock of pigeons had moved into his room. Why? Because he had left a window open. Whoops. And you should see the pictures of this this dorm room. I mean, there are feathers everywhere. There were eggs laid in the sink. And there was a chick in a bed. I mean, mean, (laughs) you know. A, a baby, a baby pigeon. Uh, yeah, we know. The, 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 we got it. 
taking over the bed. What a so mess. How do you get rid of uh, a, a flock of pigeons? <laughs> they scooched them out of there, but it, they, then they had to clean up the mess. And uh, here's a little tip. Don't leave your window open. You know, that, that, that's going to lead to not something bad. You know, but I, I've never been, I have been pooped on by a bird before, but uh, apparently there was bird poop everywhere, all over the apartment. Hmm. Uh, that's gross, man. I would hate to, not good. You ever had a critter invade your house, Gordon? Uh, I found a mouse in the garage once. That's all? How exciting is that? Have you ever had any uh, black widow spiders in your in your place? Um, uh, not that I know of in my house. My buddy, uh, his he they his family had uh, some black widow issues. I slept on the when I went to visit a buddy in Missoula, Montana, and he said we could stay in his basement, and uh, we brought sleeping bags to sleep on the floor. He said, "Watch out! There are uh, several hobo spiders down there," and we did it anyway. Gordon. I think we lost Gordon. All right. Uh, well, anyway, we've got Frank Dolce coming up right around the corner. We're live at the Utah Jazz Team Store here at the Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street, basically 33rd South and I-215, right by the mouth of Parley's Canyon. Um, no longer do you have to drive all the way down to the arena to uh, get stuff at the team store. They now have a new location out here, and it's great. We're hanging out outside. And we've got some jazz hand sanitizer pens for you. But the, the location is inside. You've got to check it out. It's beautiful. They've done a great, great job. They've got a great sale going on right now. Buy one, get one 25% off this weekend. Uh, they are open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. They are closed Sunday. But they're uh, going to keep this sale rolling uh, through Labor Day. So you've got plenty of opportunity to take advantage of it. I encourage you to do so here at Smith's Marketplace, the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store. Coming up right around the corner, we're going to talk to Frank Dolce, our Ute football insider, as well as a former Ute quarterback. We'll talk to him about uh, college football getting started, and uh, we'll get to the latest news with the Pac-12 with him as well. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.